0: For the grace Welcome God to First Love Online Church Validia. with Nyrill and O.C. Burnett. Flock is a ministry of First Love Fellowship whose mission is to win the church to Christ through unceasing prayer, intentional discipleship, and missional living. You can support the mission of First Love Fellowship by texting 918-300-4680 or by going to our website at wearefirstlove.com. Take out your Bibles and join us as Elder O.C. speaks on giving a selfless act of worship. So Acts
1: 4, let's go to Acts 4. We're going to read a lot of scriptures. I like preaching from the scriptures because when you're preaching from the scriptures, you're you're not making it up. You're just preaching from the scriptures. It's the word of God. So let's go straight to the word and let's, uh, let's read and see what the word says about giving. Um, a lot of the things that we're going to cover is from the new Testament. I could go into the old Testament about giving. There's a lot of controversy in regards to that. You know, um, we have people, I believe in tithing. I don't believe in tithing. I believe in the 10%. I don't believe in the 10%. We're, 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 that's not what the focus is here. That's not what the focus is. Um, So what what we're trying to do is look at the heart of God when it comes to our giving. What does it look like? And so that we won't say, okay, this is Old Testament. This is New Testament. Just to tell you up front, First Love Fellowship, we don't preach tithing. Okay. We preach that 100% belongs to God. Everything, this mic, my dress, my earrings, everything that I have, everything that we have, everything that is in this room, the the monitors, the speakers, everything. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, 100% belongs to him. That's why when Jesus spoke to the rich man, and the rich man was just, he was gung-ho. I'm not going to turn to that scripture but he was talking about the rich man. Well, actually, we are going to read that scripture. Um, where the rich man was like, you know, what must I do to inherit inter- eternal life? And he said, you know what to do, you know. Um, you know, love the Lord your God, gave him the Ten Commandments. He said, oh, I've been doing that since my youth. He said, and the Bible says Jesus, looking looking at him lovingly, said, Sell all you have and follow me. And he went away sad because he was rich. And Jesus said, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. He said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the the, the, the disciples were distraught. They were like, What? Then who can be saved? And Jesus said, "With man it's impossible, but with me all things are possible." By the way, I've been studying the Book of Mark. This is the what a book I'm studying and reading for this month. You can, you are welcome to join me. But before you do, I'm going to tell you right now that the Book of Mark, Jesus, the Lord, has no tolerance for unbelief. You will get whooped every time you read it. No tolerance for unbelief. I mean, when you read it from that context, because, and the book of Mark was the, we call it the book of miracles, because, you know, that's where Jesus's miracles were documented a lot. And you hear the words, I think I was reading from some, um, I was reading um, um, when I was studying Mark, that Mark is where you you hear the words immediately, straight away, You know, like when Jesus did his works, immediately that person was healed, healed immediately. They were on the other side of the shore. It showed the miracle working power of Jesus Christ. And so, um, it's a, it's a book where you see where Jesus did all these miracles, but the, the, he says, but the Bible says that the disciples heart, they were hardened, their hearts were hardened they did not understand who they were with and one of the scriptures um let's turn to it let's turn to it because i want this to be the basis this is going to be like just laying the groundwork of how we are supposed to be and i'm going to deal with me and i'm i'm what the if the lord is dealing with me about this he's dealing with his body but This was in particular when he, he told them to go to the other side of the sea. And um, the winds and the waves were blowing. Let's see here. We're going to, they were, they were afraid Okay, I'm looking at, he told them to go to the other side of the sea. And when it was the story, there it is, Mark 4, verse 35. So look at this, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. So he's on the boat with the disciples and there were other little boats around. Around, And a great windstorm arose And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But look at this. He said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? So when I read that and I read Jesus's frustration, I mean, think about it. I don't like the water. Okay. (laughs) Everybody's telling me to go on a, you know, I have to go at least once on a cruise and I'm like, no, I'm good. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not, I don't like water. I really don't. And so I like to see where there's land. Um, yeah, land. You know, if, I, if I'm if i in the water, then I can go right back on the land. Not in the middle of the sea, where I have to jump into the sea in order to get to land. Just, no, I don't. I don't do water. <laughs> and so, but when I was reading this, I felt, and every time I read it, really honestly, I felt the frustration of Jesus. Like, do you? And this, at this time, he's done many miracles. He's done miracles in front of them, and he is so frustrated at their reaction. Jesus is sleeping on the boat, and he. What the Lord spoke to me was, "Listen." And so, in in, in and I want this to be very practical for everyone. Okay. For many of us, we're stressed about money. We're stressed about having enough, not having enough, or there's an issue, whatever, you know, we're going to talk specifically about giving, but whatever issue it is, you, you have something wrong with your body. Your children are out there. They're not serving the Lord. So all of these things that think of all of those things as wind and waves, winds and waves. Okay. Okay. Don't just think of it as, you know, we're talking about money here and all of that. Winds and waves. What is your wind and wave? Okay. Jesus is asleep on the boat. So I'm thinking to myself when I read this, you know, if Jesus is asleep on the boat, I should be sleeping. Think about that. I'm like, okay, so this is the man that created the heaven and the earth. So if he's asleep on the boat and he's, I'm on the boat with him, I'm going to be fine. I need to go to sleep. But they were freaking out. And could you imagine them pushing Jesus? Jesus, you know, I hate when I'm sleeping and somebody comes and taps me. It drives me nuts. It's just like they take you out of this place, wherever you are in your sleep, and somebody's tapping you. And you're like, what? (laughs) And they were afraid. Rightfully so, right? We're, we're looking at winds and waves. We're looking at winds and waves just beating everywhere. And we're like, you know, carest thou not that we perish. And Jesus is looking at them like, and I, I could imagine the only time I see God in my mind's eye having an attitude is when we're lacking faith. It's like I could see Jesus rolling his eyes. And frustrated in Mark, I mean, continue reading Mark and you'll see how frustrated it was with, with the lack of faith, the lack of faith. And he's like, it's like, he's saying, do you not know who I am? Don't you understand? I'm in the, I'm in the boat. If you drown, I drown. (laughs) The son of God drowns. But, and then later on in, in the, in the book, in in Book of Mark, it talks about Jesus said the, the, the their hearts were hardened. Man, you know, we talk about hardened hearts when it comes to sin, but you, you guys understand the to me the, the granddaddy of sin is unbelief. The grand puba, the grandmaster of sin is unbelief. That's where everything flows from. So unbelief. Puts you in a position where God, He had low tolerance for unbelief. He had low tolerance for unbelief. He did not play, He will even if you're struggling with sin and you want to be forgiven, the compassion is there. But that unbelief affects, it's the core. The Bible says, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Jesus did not mince his words. When you read in Mark 11, he said, have faith in God. And for where we are going, people, you cannot depend on your bank account. You cannot depend on your jobs. You cannot depend on your six points and your degree, your master's degree, your doctorate degree. All of that is not going to matter with what's about to come upon this nation, come upon this world. None of that mattered when COVID hit. It didn't. And God is trying to say eternal things is what matters. He said, have faith in God. And when you are in that level of unbelief. And so, so what, what I got out of it, what the Lord was showing me was, listen, you've got to calm down when it comes to your heart being bothered by not having, or if there's, if there's a lack or if there's any issues or if things that are coming up your heart has to stay calm within the winds and the storms why because I am there you're supposed to behave like I'm behaving do what I do be be at peace be still while I'm in I'm in the I'm in the wind with you I'm in the boat with you I see I know what's going on but I'm sleeping so go to sleep Stop staying up at night, worrying about whether what money is going to come, what people are doing, who likes you or who don't like you go to sleep, do what I'm doing. And so what I've been training my, my spirit to do in these situations, I'm training my spirit to do a lot more is that when something comes up, I literally, you feel it in your stomach. You feel, you know, somebody brings up a conversation or somebody brings up uh, 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 a discussion or, you know, something is happening and, you know, your stomach starts churning. You start getting nervous or you, you, if if there's monies you, that you need or, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, I, who were we talking to? Uh, it was something that, it was like, Oh, you're going to need $75 or something to do this. And this nervous energy comes inside of you. This nervous spirit, like, I don't know if I'm going to have $75 in five months. I'm not going to, I don't know if I, I don't have any money right now. So I don't know if I'm going to have, how can I do that? That, that, that right there, that. Or something frustrating happens, like, you know, you, you're you supposed to get something or you're supposed to get a raise or you're supposed to get something is supposed to happen where you're supposed to get a raise. You're supposed to get, you know, money's coming to you. And it seems like there's a delay after delayed after delay. And when any time the topic comes up, there's like massive frustration, like you feel this thing, you're, you're agitated in your spirit because it's another or some, you know, just different situations that comes up and you know you're agitated or the car breaks down, $500. And this thing comes up in you because you don't have the 500 to fix the car. That right there, Jesus said, stop it. Stop allowing things And issues to come up that shifts you out of your faith. I hope that makes sense. If it makes sense, put it in the chat. Um, Can you switch that to the chat so I can see it? But put, put, put it in the chat if that makes sense. If you understand what I'm saying. I want you to understand that that thing that agitates you and takes you out of faith. Jesus is saying stop. Stop allowing things to agitate you. You get every have an irritating conversation with somebody, and it, it you know it, it's off-putting or their behavior puts you off. What happens is when you get in there, you no longer you're no longer in faith, and it just it's it's it shifts you. It the shift is so is so obvious, and Jesus is saying, you have to be like me in the winds and the storms. I'm very aware that you're in a storm you need to be at peace. So that's one of the things that we have to learn that in our faith that our faith we have to have we have to have faith in God in his what he's doing in this situation that looks like it's completely windy and out of sorts, okay? So, that's one point I wanted to make. So now let's go to the, the crux of what we're going to talk about is in the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 23. Let's start reading. Um, I'm going to read a little bit, and then we're going to talk about it, okay? Um, 23 says, and just to give you background, um, go back, going back to the man that was at the gate beautiful, he was lame. Peter and John said, rise up and walk, silver and gold. Have I none? I have no money to give you cuz he was begging for money. <laughs> he was begging for money. And he said, "I silver and gold have I none but such as I have. I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ, take up your bed and walk." And that single act caused them to go to jail. They were arrested. They were arrested. I, I know you, you know, we're in this thing where we think that this revival is going to come and everybody's going to be happy about it. This revival is going to usher in persecution. When you're healing the sick, raising the dead, when they believe in depopulation and killing people off. And I just read an article that came out in 2001 that they're bringing up again today, that these people are putting in genetically modified corn so that men, y'all hearing me, men? So that men will be impotent. They can't have children. They're putting in genetically modified corn to kill off your posterity, your seed. Genetically modified corn. The plan was in 2001. To have genetically modified corn so that when men eat it, they become impotent so that it will minimize overpopulation. This is what we're dealing with. So they they were addressing the Sanhedrin and they said, why are you preaching in this name, Jesus? And why are you accusing us of killing him? We don't want to hear this. And they preached and Peter said, we're not, we're going to preach this. And so they threatened them and let them go. So 423 says, and I, you know, I was going to skip all of this, but I want you to understand the boldness and how firm in faith they were. Okay. And being let go, they went to their own companies, companions rather, and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven. So the reason why I preface what I was talking about with that is because the Holy Ghost came on them and boldness came. But look at what else comes. This is what happens when you are truly converted. This is what happens when the Lord is your God and you live in faith and you believe by faith. Okay? So this is a continuation. This is not a breakup of what is being talked about here. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. And look what happened. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed, listen to this, was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles feet. And they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was Barnabas by the apostles which is translated son of encouragement he was his name a levite of the country of cyprus having land sold it and brought it the money and laid it at the apostles feet so let's go back okay so where it says they were of one heart and one soul number one number two if i wanted to do a one a, a one before one i would say they were f- filled with the holy spirit and preached with boldness okay number 2 no one claimed that anything belonged to them exclusively his own but everything was um everything was distributed properly and was for the need of all number 3 the apostles preached and testified to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace, God's remarkable loving kindness rested richly upon all. Number four, there was not a needy person among them because these were owners of land or houses and were selling them and bringing them to the to the apostles feet. OK, so I want to go back to where the scripture said they were of one heart. That word heart means and Nora I may need you for this for for the keyboard okay that w- the one heart meant that they were in sync in harmony so what i want you to do is play a chord see harmony for those of you that want to sing really well and want to go american idol if it doesn't sound like that i don't recommend you go to American Idol because you need harmony. Okay, anyway. So, that's harmony. That's harmony. Everybody is in harmony, in tune with one another. In the Greek, it means of one heart. It means in tune. They were all going the same way. When something is out of harmony, can you play something out of harmony like really bad? I know you're A genius and all. So this is very difficult. Just play something completely out of harmony. You could just hit the keyboard. (laughs) Yeah. Did you hear that? That's out of harmony. That's not in sync. In order for you, for you to say that you are part of the body, We all have to be in harmony. They were in, they were in sync. They were in harmony. There's a place in unity that is supernatural that we have to contend for in our churches in prayer of one heart. Nobody has their own personal opinions in humility. We are of one heart. We are of one mind. Okay. And then it also said of one soul. One soul means that they're breathing spiritually together. So when I take a breath in, when I tell everybody, everybody take a breath. Everybody breathe out. That's how the heartbeat of the church, the ecclesia, is supposed to be. One heart. We're all breathing together. Breathing the same, breathing out, breathing in the same, breathing out the same. There are no stragglers over here. There's no stragglers over here. Well, I personally think the church should be run this way. I don't agree with the pastor. I don't, da, 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 da. They were of one heart. And so because they were of one heart and one mind, that supernatural love, what Jesus said, and they may be one as you and I are one. We're supposed to be as one as the father. The son is with the father. They did not own anything. If the Lord told me today, in the middle of recording this message to take that camera and give it to CJ and he tells me to do it in the middle of the message what I would do I would say we're going to stop the recording for a little bit and we're coming back because I just heard the Lord tell me to give the camera to CJ right now because My life is not my own. I cannot say, well, that's my camera. When you give your heart to Jesus Christ, nothing belongs to you. Even when you don't give your heart to Jesus Christ, the breath that you breathe belongs to him. So that is how we are supposed to have that mentality that nothing belongs to you. Nothing belongs to you to you when you have that type of mentality you you are not a hoarder you don't hoard things or when you're giving somebody something this is this is this is a heart this I'm everything that I'm talking about is heart this is all heart issues this is not just do and don't this is a heart thing I cannot I when when I need to give something to someone I make sure that it's not cap you know, decrepid, old, even when I'm giving away clothes. If I know there are tears in the clothes, I know they are maybe homeless and I'm giving it to the homeless, but I'm gonna give them something that I'm going to be proud of wearing. You don't just throw things to God. the homeless, if you're giving to those that are poor, you give the absolute best. Because Jesus said, if you do it to them, you're doing it to me. Would you present Jesus your tattered clothes? Would you present that to him? Jesus, as a baby, was presented gold, frankincense, myrrh. It's a heart issue, people. We cannot just present to God whatever. And I, I, I want to address this. And again, hear, hear me in regards to heart Not what to do or don't do. As a matter of fact, don't change it just because I'm talking about it. You've got to have a conviction from the Holy Spirit. Those of you, we love the fact that you put your giving on recurring. That's great. However, I'm sensing and I'm I'm, I'm saying this by the Holy Spirit that a lot of us have this mentality that we're set it and forget it. Okay, because I know this is America and we live in a Western world that you can set it and forget it and think that you're doing God a favor. Is that the best that you're giving, that you're putting on recurring giving? People, is that the best? Is that what the Holy Spirit told you to give? Is that what the Holy Spirit told you to give? Or are you setting and thinking that you're doing God a favor? It's a heart issue, people. Now, because First Love Fellowship does not preach tithing, we could manipulate you and say the least you could do is the 10%. But we're not gonna do that. Because when you were in other churches, you gave heartily 10% because you felt like it was a legal, it was required, and you did it based on legality. And we're telling you to give based on love now. And love is not going to tell you to give less if it's love. If it's love. So you have to check your heart and be careful that we don't do things, Bible says, grudgingly or of necessity of 10%. When we were doing it of 10%, we were religious about it. We made sure that we counted to the dime. To the dime. We say, we, cause you know, God says the 10% belongs to him. So we love people of God to do things based on legalities because we think our performance. And I love what Lulu posted today about that, that our performance is what pleases God. And so we think we're doing something. And I just had the thought that, man, I don't know if you're the only one that I'm, I hope I'm not the only one that does this because I think about what I do, my actions based on eternity. I think about what the scripture says about it being burnt up, you know, whatever I'm doing, is it going to be burnt up like that $500 that I gave? Is that, is that, is God going to be happy about that 500? You know, because right then and there, you think you're doing a lot, but in eternity, God is like, I'm sorry, that just blew up. That, that was nothing. You did nothing that day. So I'm having those thoughts because I'm checking, And the reason why I'm having those thoughts is not based on condemnation. It's because I love him. And I want to make sure that when I give, that I'm giving based on a heart posture not because of requirement and I'm wondering if a lot of our requi- a lot of our giving we're not receiving the fruit of it because we did things based on requirement or of necessity or we did it grudgingly and we're not receiving the blessing of that so it matters the heart matters the heart matters the heart matters And we're going to deal with that right now by continuing to read Acts chapter 5. Lying to the Holy Spirit. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And here's the thing. This was not required. There was nothing. is showing that people, all of us, they just started giving their stuff. It was an answer to their, their conversion. Their, in their conversion, they felt they had to give. Oof. It wasn't a requirement. I don't see anywhere in the scripture where, in the New Testament, where they were like, oh, we have to give because the apostles said we need to get, The Bible says they started selling their lands and their properties and laying at the apostles' feet so the work of the ministry so that the work can be done. It be it's, it's it's like when you give your life to Jesus, it's an automatic response of love. You understand? Automatic response of love. And so with Ananias and Ananias and Sapphira, Sapphira, his wife They sold the possession on their own, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. So check this out. (sighs) Nobody told them to do this. And let me keep reading. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan, listen to this, Christians, oh, these are Christians. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and died. breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, tell me. Whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? My God. Jesus, help us. Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. She died. And the young man came in and found her dead, carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Now, some stopped following the apostles when this happened. You know, I mean, somebody just died for lying to the Holy Spirit, saying that this is what they're going to give, and they only gave half of it. That's why the Bible says, let your words be few. Don't make a vow that you cannot keep. Their hearts were so evil, they allowed Satan to fill their hearts. Hmm. I'm telling you, there are people that are supposed to give. And they are not allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to their hearts. They're allowing the enemy to stop them from giving. They're allowing the enemy to stop them from doing and not stop thinking about themselves or thinking in pride God just wants us to obey. Bible says here, Satan filled their heart. They grieved the Holy Spirit. And there are many people that are supposed to give. There are many of you that are supposed to give all the time. And now, you know, before we, we, we used to, you know, man, when we first started first love fellowship, we, we the Lord told us, do not collect any, any funds, do not collect any offerings. And you know, The Bible says we're supposed to give, but he told us, don't do it. We didn't do it. We didn't do it for a year. Okay. And then this, this, this uncomfortableness of having to talk about giving because so many people have been burnt by giving all of that stuff. And it makes you feel weird about talking about it. I know that feeling. I didn't, I, even when I was in ministry and traveling everywhere, I did not like talking about how much somebody's going to give me to minister or sing. I hated it. God had to deliver me from myself and my pride because that was nothing but pride, nothing but pride. And so he had to deliver me from that, deliver us from being afraid about talking about giving because we're looking at the people's hearts. We're like, well, why are people not giving? This is, we are literally doing the work of the Lord. If they were in a brick and mortar church and somebody was up there preaching And they said, it's time for offering. Everybody would bring out their pocketbook. But now that they've joined First Love Fellowship, people are withholding from God. Knowing the work that we do, knowing the work that we do, we are consistent with what God has called us to do. We're not sometimey. We're not putting it in our coffers. We're just doing what God has called us to do. And you know, this is a ministry that you are supposed to bless. But when you think about yourself, when you think about yourself all the time and you think about, but I don't have, and Jesus is, and I remember in the old Testament, it said, you're taking care of your houses and my house is in disarray. We're sitting here, have to fight with a camera to make sure everything works. And you have the ability to give, you have the ability to be part of the body and say, Hey, how much is the camera? How much is it that you need to do this? We see what you're doing. We want to bless you. And those of you that have more than enough and you think you're already doing, and I'm, I'm telling you, you've got to check your heart. You can't say, okay, I'm going to cap it. This is where I'm going to cap what I'm going to give. When God is telling you to do more. He's telling you to do more there if, okay, the scripture, and I need to know where to forget where this, you know, to do right. And you don't, you know, there's a need. You know, if I know there's a need and I have the ability to do it and I don't do it, it is sin. The Bible says it's sin. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm I may be reading the wrong scripture. If you have it to do and you don't do it, that is a hard issue. So you can't say the Holy Spirit didn't tell me to do, you have it to do. There is a need. You don't need the Holy Spirit to download to you to give to a need when the need is there and you have it to do. And that's why many of you are stuck is because some of you are called to be givers. You are called to be consistent givers, and that is your calling. And if you don't do what God has called you to do, you don't give to unrighteous causes, to people that are unholy, and then for the kingdom of God, we sparse out. No, God has called you to do this. And so when all this stuff hits the fan, when everything comes down where that dollar you are holding on in your account, those dollars become tissue paper and has no more value, when you will need those same paper that you have not blessed, when you need them to cover you, when you, uh, somebody said they had a dream that there were people with fur, you know, luxurious fur coats standing in line like the Great Depression in America that is coming. They had fur coats on worth nothing, could not do anything with the fur coats, standing in line because famine had hit our nation. That dollar that you're holding onto that, that you're, you're and and so many of you are living in fear, fear of what's going to happen. And so you're gathering, you're gathering, you got millions. You're gathering you've arrived. You've got your three degrees. Now you've arrived and now you're just gathering. You're gathering like the man in the Bible that said he, he built up barns and gathered and he's the Bible says, it says, you fool. You're about to die today. and All of those things you put in the barn mean nothing. We've got to get our heart right. And, I, and I'm, and I'm going to say this, and I said this on Friday, as I believe it was the Lord that told me to say it because I, I, I never thought about even saying it from this standpoint. You know, remember the three Hebrew boys? When he told them, when you hear all of this, bow down to me. And the Hebrew boy said, oh, king, live forever. <laughs> We're not careful to answer you in this matter. We are not going to bow to you. We're not going to bow. Because we believe 100% that the God we serve is going to save us from that fiery furnace. But just in case he doesn't, we still won't bow. If we lose our lives, we still won't bow. That's where we are, Pastor Nyle and I are. When it comes to whether you give or not, where you feel like you're withholding from us or not, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. If you do not do it, the same thing that Mordecai told Esther, he has put you in our lives for such a time as this. He's put you in our lives for you to bless this ministry so that we can do what God has called us to do. However, like Mordecai told Esther, if you do not go before the king, he will raise up another to save us. He will raise up somebody else that doesn't have that much. And they will empty out their coffers to make sure that this kingdom work that we are doing in first love will be happening. But whether he does it or not, we are still going to do this work. We are still going to preach this gospel and we're letting Satan know that That it doesn't matter how many people you are holding hostage from keeping them from giving to First Love Fellowship. We won't budge. We will still preach the gospel. We will still feed the homeless. We will still open up our houses. We will still do what God has called us to do. You will not stop God's work. Just wanted to lay that out there. You are the one missing out when you forget to give. And that's the, new, that's the new excuse. Oh, I forgot. I forgot to give. I forgot. Giving is an act of worship. It's a selfless act. It's, it's, it's supposed to be part of your DNA that who am I giving to today? And if you do not have anything to give, you look around you. Look at the people around you. If you are in somebody's house, if you, are at, uh, if you are at family group or house church, and you see that it needs to be clean, you should be the first to jump up and say, hey, can I help clean? I don't have to ask because you know you are so grateful that although you may not have actual money, but the joy of the Lord is in your heart that you don't think about yourself. You say, how do I help that person clean up? If you go to somebody's house and they cooked dinner, help them clean up. Help them, don't don't just sit there and say, thank you for the dinner, and then walk away and they got to clean up all of these dishes. I'm talking practicality here. This is the love of the Father. If we're saying we want to be like the book of Acts, like the church in the book of Acts, we've got to get out of our selfishness, we've got to get out of our jealousy, and we've got to get out of our rebellion. And this is the one thing, last thing I'm going to read. There's a lot more we could talk about in here. But one of the things the Lord showed us is that the reason why people are not giving to us is number one, one of his rebellion and jealousy. Rebellion. Not, not being able to honor The scripture, all over scripture, Paul says, a workman is worthy of his hire. We should not have, the church of God, Pastor Narl and I, and the people that feed you spiritually, locally, and they're your pastors, should not have to worry about a thing when it comes to their household, when it comes to feeding, when it comes to taking care of their bills, because the Bible says you have that obligation by love to make sure that they're taken care of. And I can give you scripture upon scripture. I want you to read um, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 and how um, um, Paul commended the church that in their poverty they gave. 2 Corinthians 8. Now, brothers and sisters, we want to tell you about the grace of God, which has been evident in the churches of Macedonia, awakening in them a longing to contribute. Look at that. The grace of God awakened in them a longing to give. They were like, I want to give. For during an ordeal of severe distress, their abundant joy and their deep poverty together, look at that, with joy and in their poverty, it says, overflowed in the wealth of their lavish generosity. Can we just stop right there? It it sounds poetic, right? It says, for during an ordeal of severe distress, their abundant joy and their deep poverty together overflowed in the wealth of their lavish generosity. For I testify that according to their ability, so they gave according to their ability, and beyond their ability, look at that, Even what they didn't have, they gave. Beyond their ability, they gave voluntarily, begging us insistently for the privilege of participating in the service for the support of the saints in Jerusalem. So the saints in Jerusalem needed a lot of support, and they begged. See, this is why I'm saying we got to have true conversions, y'all. We've made the church in America we've, and I, and I, I, I thought about it and I, I want to apologize to generation. We are, are we X, Y, Z, Millennials, all the, we have taught you that church is about you. It's our fault. God forgive us. We repent to you because we've taught you that church is about you. That once you walk in through those doors, That it's about you and what you get, your best life. We repent. Father, we repent for teaching that church is about the people that walk through the doors. Because what we have created is people that don't think like the Bible. Don't think like the word of God. These people were begging in their power, in their poverty. The Bible says in their poverty, they were begging to give. How do you do that? That's true conversion. That is true conversion. When you are fully converted and you are so grateful for what Jesus did for you, you no longer think about yourself. You're like, how do I live this life for the one who died for me? Not only, verse 5, did they give materially as we had hoped, but first they gave themselves to the Lord. Look at that. First they gave themselves to the Lord and to us as his representatives by the will of God, disregarding their personal interests and giving as much as they possibly could. I feel like standing up. So we urged Titus that as he began it, he should also complete this gracious work among you as well. But just as you excel in everything and lead the way in faith, look at this. They're not there. You see, this is why they are the way they are. He said they excel in everything. They lead the way in faith, in their speech and knowledge and genuine concern and in their love for us. See that you excel in this gracious work of giving also. I am not saying this as a command to dictate to you, but to prove by pointing out the enthusiasm of others, the sincerity of your love as well. For you are recognizing more clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we've quoted this over and over again. His astonishing kindness, his generosity, his gracious favor, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor. So by his poverty, you might become rich, abundantly blessed. I give you my opinion in this matter. This is to your advantage. Who were the first to begin a year ago, not only to take action, to help the believers in Jerusalem, but also the first to desire to do it. So now finish this so that your eagerness in desiring it may be equaled by your completion of it according to your ability. Listen. For if the eagerness to give is there, it, it is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. For it is not intended that others be relieved. Listen here others be relieved of their responsibility and that you be burdened unfairly, but that there be equality in sharing the burden at this present time, your surplus over necessities is going to supply their need so that at some other time their surplus may be given to supply your need, that there may be equality as it is written in scripture. He who gathered much did not have too much and he who gathered little did not lack Just read the whole thing. It's all about giving. And how he commended to them that I have have beefed up people about you, so don't don't disappoint me. (laughs) Make sure you give, because I've told people about your gracious generosity and how you give. So this is a heart issue, and I don't even know if anybody... Has even I, you know, I'm sh- no, I, I'm I'm sure people have taught, but the majority doesn't teach this day, either day. I remember when Pastor Nero p- wrote the book called Tithing and Still Broke, and people laugh. There were so many reactions. They were like they would laugh and say, "Well, that's me." The majority of the people say, "That's me." I've tithed all my life and I'm still broke because you can't give of ten percent. You can't just give ten percent and feel like you're doing God a favor, and he's just expected to just psh. Everything works by love. Our faith works by love. It doesn't work by how you manipulate God to bless you. Everything that we do works by love. And I'm sorry there has been an out of balance when it comes to giving. Where Do you understand, guys, people, that only 4% of the church worldwide gives? Tithes. I'm talking about tithing 10%, 4%, 4% of the world the church world, only 4% gives. So those that, that have it to give are not giving like they're supposed to. I'm like, if you believe in the tithe, when you make a million every time, how much are you supposed to tithe? Are you, is that where, where's that money? All of a sudden we start making more money and we start giving little. We start getting littler and littler. Our hearts, we have to check our hearts. Our hearts are in disarray when it comes to giving. If we want to look like the church in the book of Acts, we need to lay it at the apostles' feet. And when I say that, I'm not talking about physically because we don't do that here. Lay it at the feet of Jesus so that the needs can be met. We should not be lacking not one thing when it comes to what we need to do as a church or any church that is doing the will of the Father. Stop withholding, and you know you have it to do. Stop waiting to be asked, let me deal with this thing too. Stop waiting to be asked for something to be done. That's pride. I'm sorry. If you know the need is there, the, whole, the Holy Spirit does not have to move upon you to do something. You know there's a need. You see what we do every week. You see we rent out the place. We, we, you, you, what, you, so why do we have to go and write letters? And do the American thing to give when Jesus says here, when Paul is talking about the New Testament believers knew and they were eager, they were looking for ways to give, they sold their lands, they sold their properties. We're coming out of this in Jesus name, we're coming out of this mentality. And our hearts are going to be pure and clean. There's no reason for you to be jealous of Pastor Narl and I. If you want to know the secret, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. That's our secret. We trust, we obey. You want children to serve the Lord? Trust and obey. Do you know we believe that our sons would probably not be serving the Lord if we did not start this church? We obeyed. When he told us to go, we obeyed. We went through hell for it because we thought we were gonna help God out. I remember we said, we're going to start a business, we're gonna start a publishing company, we're gonna do real estate, and that is going to fund the ministry. I didn't hear God laughing. (laughs) If I heard him laughing, I would've said, wait a minute. Maybe we shouldn't do that. We didn't learn our lesson, so we had to go through hell. Because he told us, there are people that are supposed to support you as you go. We're supposed to do this full-time. We're supposed to do this ministry full-time. And you are called to support us. You know who you are. Don't let the enemy, don't let fear, don't let jealousy, don't let pride, don't let the color of our skin stop you from giving. I'm just hitting it all or limiting your giving. We have to do what God has called us to do. So I pray that you understand the seriousness of this. They didn't drop dead in the old Testament. That was acts chapter five. And Paul warned them, even when it comes to eating the Lord's body and taking communion that Many are getting sick. Many are dying because they are eating the Lord's communion unworthily. Don't play with God. Let the fear of the Lord grip your heart again. Let the fear of the Lord grip your heart again. Church is not about you. Jesus, everything that was about you was done on that cross. And now Jesus says, it's time for you to take up your cross. And follow him. All that you have, all that you are, belongs to him. Don't shortchange God. Don't shortchange him and be in sin because you're not giving him the fullness of what he has told you to give because you're looking at your bank account. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you because some of this, a lot of this is spiritual. The Lord has showed us that a lot of people are not giving because there's a spiritual war going on in the spirit realm. This is not about our, we have strategy for days. Okay. Okay. So it's not about we don't have enough strategy or how to get people. We're not going to use the world system in order to get money in here. We're not going to manipulate people. We're not going to do that. The Bible is very clear about giving. We're not going to ch- employ six steps to get stuff done. We're going to obey God and do what he tells us to do. We're going to be good stewards of it, but we need to have money to have be good stewards of We can't be having trickles and we're trying to take care of things and trying to take care of people. We've always been people like that. So this is good. This is good ground. We don't have to tell you that. So many of you have benefited from the ministry of Pastor Nairal and I. So many of you have seen the consistency of our lives. And the word, the word curses and all of that stuff that's coming against this ministry, it shall fall to the ground in Jesus' name. Let's pray right now. Father, we, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that your word is the one that penetrates hearts. We thank you, Lord God, that you love us so much that you gave us your son. That though he was rich, for us he became poor. That through his poverty we might become rich. And so, Father, I speak over the airwaves to these spirits that are choking people that are trying to give to this ministry, that are causing people to walk in jealousy, that are causing people to walk in rebellion and not be part of this ministry. Lord, we cancel the works of the enemy. We cancel the voices of Satan that is trying to stop the work of God from coming forward. We break its hold over first love fellowship and other churches that are doing the work of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. Montería deArabacia. We break the stronghold of ancient spirits that are stopping people from giving in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, Lord God, for raising up people to minister in giving to you in the name of Jesus. Father, I break the spirit of poverty, Off of the people, in the name of Jesus, the mentality that says, I don't know if I'll have it next week, so I'm going to hold on to this. In the name of Jesus, every spirit of fear, I break it now. In the name of Jesus. Spirit of fear, I command you to leave God's people alone. In the name of Jesus. That hoarding spirit causes to hoard. is not savings. That's not what it is. It's a spirit of fear that's causing you to hoard because you don't believe that God is going to come through. Father, thank you for freeing your people just lift your hands and break that thing. I break that spirit of slavery. I break that spirit of racism in the name of Jesus over our heads in the name of Jesus. I thank you for in the spirit realm, we are seated in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and every other name that is named in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you glory, we give you glory. We give you glory, we thank you for the building that you shall give us. I keep wanting to say this week, I'm telling you, I thank you, Lord, for giving us this building. I thank you for giving us buildings. I thank you, Lord God, for the studio to do the music called us to do, to put out the word and podcasting. And Lord, I pray to save and set people free because the day is short. Father, Do this for your name's sake. Do this for your name's sake. I thank you for freeing people. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, of course, I'm going to give you a chance to give. We do it every week. This is nothing special, but we're using a new, uh, an older way of giving. We're changing it, so go to givingfuel.com forward slash I think it's First Love Fellowship if you could double check that we're going to put it on the screen or put it it in the chat or go to wearefirstlove.com and go to giving double check it and make sure that it goes to First Love Fellowship it should be givingfuel.com First Love Fellowship forward slash First Love Fellowship people let's take care of every bill that we have this week We need to pay the heart. We need to pay them $1,400. We want that completely paid off. We need a new building. We have other things to do. We started First Love Schoolhouse. There's other things we need to get. We want First Love Schoolhouse to be fully taken care of. We eventually want to pay the tutors that are teaching these kids the word of God. We need consistent givers. If you're going to give recurring, don't just set it and forget it. Pray about what to give. Go beyond the 10%. Ask the Holy Spirit to train your spirit. One thing I'll tell you about Pastor Nyle and I, when we were growing up, we were tr- giving was an act of worship. It wasn't even an option. We just gave. We gave because we loved the Lord. We didn't do it out of necessity, out of uh, uh, law. We gave because we loved and we knew that the work of God needed to be done. So that's how we were taught. So we want you to give based on the word of God and based on love. You know what we have to do. We cannot run a ministry that we we do things 10,000 a month and we're only getting 1,000 a month or 1,500 a month. We just just can't, can't do it. But I'm telling you, You have the opportunity to be a part of it or God will raise up more people. He will raise up others to do it. He's not, you know, God has no lack of money. He really doesn't need paper money. He could just have people give us, people have given us stuff. We need a new camera. I'm believing God that God will give it to us or give us the money to buy it. We want to be excellent and so that we can start on time and not constantly have technical issues. We need a new computer. We need a we need a new camera. We are doing this because the message, the message must go out. Givingfuel.com. Oh, you got it? Yeah, yes. So we you know, we, we need to we have work to do. And I, you know, that, that thing that was on me years ago about not asking to give is gone. I'm delivered. I need a deliverance. It's I'm completely delivered. And I'm not gonna let the spirit of this age intimidate us. You can't compare us to other people. You see the work of our hands. We're not like other ministries. We're doing what God has called us to do. So ask the Holy Spirit what to give. Give, don't just set it and forget it and think that you're doing something. Make sure that you know that you are doing what God has called you to do. We love you. The reason why Jesus deals with us the way he does... It's because he loves us. He doesn't want us to be the same. And I'm so grateful that he told me, see you see how I was calm in the storm? When you hear something, if you hear bad, the Bible says in Psalm 112, the righteous man's heart is fixed. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. So stop being afraid that you're not going to have Enough. Because that fear fuels lack. It fuels it. It fuels it where you don't want to, you don't buy. I remember one time I needed something that was a necessity. And I put it back down. And God's like, what are you doing? Do you think this is the last money you're going to ever have? You need that. Get it. If you need it, get it. Stop. You're not being a a, a, a financial martyr to me. We, some of us think we're financial martyrs. Oh, we're suffering for Christ. God's like, no. You need something. You need, get it get it. I have got you. Trust me for more. Trust me for more. Praise the Lord. Father, I pray that I spoke everything that you wanted me to say. Let it be life to the hearers. Raise up New Testament givers. Raise up truly converted Christians that are converted not only in their your proclamation, but that in their everyday lives that Jesus is being magnified. One more thing. The Bible says if you have an offense, you put your giving aside, you take care of the offense, then you give it. Because your giving is not worth a heel of beans if you are in offense. Offense is a one-way ticket to hell. It's time to come out of offense. The Bible says, know no man after the flesh. If you know no man after the flesh, it's hard for you to stay in offense because you got to know people by the spirit. Know them by the spirit. Even if it was a witch that you know by the spirit, you still got to love them. Even if it's a Satanist, you know you still got to love a Satanist, right? Even if it's somebody who's part of the Illuminati, you know you got to love them, right? Love is not parsed out. Our love walk must be pure. Love the brethren. Support the brethren. We love you. Those of you that have given, I don't know if you've given, thank you for giving. Those of you that are part of First Love Online Church, used the new way it's on one body that um you know the old it was really old ways that we had set up to give we're moving back to that and the we were trying to save money for the church to go to newer ways but it wasn't working out so those of you that give if you see that there's an extra fee to give for two dollars three dollars please add on the fee so that we won't have to worry about the fee and double give and, you know, take out double fees so that we can be good stewards of God's money. We thank you for supporting us and loving on us. Father, we bless your people today. Let them be refreshed and renewed by your word. And we give you glory and honor and praise for it. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you Tuesday. As we pray and we contend for the church, watch online, First Love Online Church. We know you're far away. We know that it's late. But watch prayer online. It it fuels you. It will keep you strong. I know many of you, we're trying to also start new house churches. Pray. We're proud to pray it through, and we need your giving and your support to do that as well. We want to do RD. That's the other thing. Thank you, Lord. We want to do, those of you that have gone through restorative discipleship, we want to do restorative discipleship in North Carolina. We've heard the Macedonian call. People are asking us to come. So we need to, and it costs thousands of dollars, y'all, to do it, just to rent out a place, to fly there, to do all of that. Give so that we can get it done. If you want it, it to go to a restorative discipleship, put restorative discipleship so that we can rent out a place, Go there, do what we got to do, and come back. We need people to support that as well. All right? We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Your generous support enables us to continue to fulfill our mission to win the church to Christ through unceasing prayer, intentional discipleship, and missional living. You can offer additional financial support by texting 918-300-4680 or by going to our website at wearefirstlove.com. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior. Always remember your first love.